I done wrote you another one of my little little songs. I love it when you write me songs. Just hold that thought. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, it's a good day for some muffin love. I'm gonna fill your holes with my dick and stuff. I know you like it when I pound your pooner rough and tough. I'll use my hammer hard in your muffin buns. That was for you, Pat Girl. That was Thank you. That was all for you. That was Okay. I I like the pounding part, but when you're talking about my body being like a muffin, I could take that with my anxiety and stuff as like, I look like Dear a God, do you have to shit on every love song I write for you? No, I don't shit on every single Th- one. This of is like a Paul McCartney moment. I'm sharing like my love and passion for your muffin buns, and you got to go to the insecurity place. Jesus freaking Christ, bath girl. <laughs> Thank you for the love song, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever! The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. A recording on Zencaster, easy like Sunday morning. I'm Path Girl. Ooh, Ooh. easy like Sunday morning. See, you see, uh, muffin buns. That's right, easy, and I'm easy, <laughs> easy like a Sunday morning. Oh yeah. Not better than my muffin bun song. I spent no six minutes on that song, Path Girl. Oh, I feel the love. <laughs> I mean, I might have been pooping while I was like writing the lyrics oh, in my lucky, phone really? three minutes before the show. Uh, but you know, there's love. You know, inspiration happens in many places. Inspiration seems to happen with you pooping a lot. <laughs> well. <laughs> Irritable bowel syndrome. You know what are you, what are you oh, gonna do? Oh, TMI, TMI. I'm just kidding. I have bowels oh, no, like not. a bull. But you are on perverted podcast listeners, and I know you've all turned off by now, but we don't care. Because <laughs> we just throw out what we throw out, and that's what you get. Path girl, I haven't talked to you in a hot minute. Yes. And I was under the assumption that there would be some sort of report on shenanigans. Yes, there were shenanigans. Uh, Last night, uh, Donis and I and the whole tribe went to a play party, but it is different than our normal play parties. Uh, It was a sex positive party. Uh, Our parties lately have not been sex positive, meaning that uh, previous parties, there was no sexual intercourse allowed, no putting anything inside of any orifices, what have you. But this one was a different venue. Uh, so there were people, um, we watched a fisting scene, which was kind of neat. The nice. girls t- took another girl's fist. Um, there was also, we didn't get to watch that. Someone else uh, was pegging someone else with a strap on. So mm-hmm. uh, I actually did, I did see a very interesting, I have never seen a stomping scene before. So I actually got to see somebody do like a stomping slash trampling scene. You mean um, like it, that 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 river dance Irish stuff? 
No, I mean it started out so uh, the girl was on the uh, on the floor on a on a mat like a gym mat, and the guy was wearing like combat style boots, and he was just you know slowly starting with some punching and some pinching, and then with, slowly. Uh, with the boots was well slowly, slowly but like starting with some punching. I'm sorry, well, that just right. sounded funny to me. Well, and, and even like here's her warm up. Knuckles. Kapow! Sorry, yeah, here's, sorry, I'm back. She, she was a heavy bottom. I I have to basically say I was, but like. So like with, with the, with the stomping and, and the trampling, it was like, he was taking his boot and kind of going up and down her body, kind of tapping with the foot. Right, right. And then you could see he was starting to do some more trampling where like he was stepping on her hair. He was stepping on parts of her skin. He was stepping on her boobs, like stepping on onto her body. Right. And it was just kind of interesting. She was absolutely loving it. Sure, I mean, sure. and, and of course there was literally a DM right there. And they even warned us at the beginning of the party. Hey, this is a scene that's going to be going on. So uh, if you want to watch it, great. If not, go head to the back of the room, whatever. But sure. uh, it was really interesting because I've never seen a scene like that. And it was just like she was absolutely loving it. And afterwards, you know, big smile on her face. So she was happy. Yeah, but uh, my shenanigans, actually, we didn't play at the party, um, but we wound up coming home, Donis and I. And uh, I said to him, you want to play? Sure. And it's like, um, would you want to break out the vampire gloves? Oh, so I put, oh yeah, I put those in his hand last night and he's like, yeah, I think I'm ready to handle that. He only used one. Right. But so the interesting thing was I kind of had to teach him. And for those who may not have listened to previous episodes, vampire gloves are leather gloves that have metal tacks on them. They're kind of like golf spikes. So you can use them for sensation, kind of rubbing on people. You can also use them for tapping sensations. And then obviously I love to be spanked with them. Right, and then so, you bleed. Yeah, you can bleed. I mean, you could you could spank very lightly and just leave red marks. But yeah, if you if you you know do a full on spank, yeah, you're going to draw blood. Right. But I had to kind of teach him that I like the vampire gloves. For me, kind of walked up and down my back, where it's not like don't drag them. I like them kind of like up and down, just moving your hands very slowly. But mm. then he started cupping the bottom of my butt mm. and pinching a bit. Oh. Fuck. yeah i was at the point where i was like almost hyperventilating i'm like fuck but then you know he slowly reminded me that he only had one glove on so then he used his other hand to go up in various parts of my body and oh, oh, oh holy fuck see clever yeah. oh my god fuck yes i was wondering why he only put on one and then i'm like oh, not gonna do a lot why. of fingering with vampire gloves unless it's no, an autopsy no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. But um, like it got to the point we were. Pro- I don't know how long it was. I mean, to me, it felt like it was like a good twenty, thirty minutes. It finally got to the point where my body was just so over fucking loaded. I screamed, "Red, just take the fucking gloves off and fuck me!" <laughs> <laughs> so he promptly took the gloves off and fucked me, but <laughs> like a trooper. Like Jesus a trooper. Christ, yes. Oh my god. I and, and the thing is, I my subspace for me is I go completely nonverbal and just limp. I could hear everything going on, but like I'll go out anywhere from a couple of minutes to 10, 20. I was out, he told me pretty much almost a full half an hour to the point where like he kept like touching my wrist to feel a pulse and kind of poking at me and I groan <laughs> a little bit and he's like, Yeah, she's still there. Half and like I got up eventually to like go to my kitchen and like grab a drink, and I looked like it was like two hours after we had started our scene. I'm like, it's two o'clock in the fucking morning. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> time flies when it you're a, when you're flying. 
time wise. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm telling. I don't. I think that is ob- the longest I've ever been out in subspace and come back. I mean, it's just I like even this morning, like to drag my butt out of bed. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, that a sounds like nice a pretty indeed. Yeah, that sounds pretty intense. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. And he did his own thing, mixing up the fingers and the glove and the yeah, yeah, real good. Oh yes. I'm- these are all great reports. You guys are moving along real well. Yes. Well, I'm not, I can't talk about my shenanigans because uh, the party starts in like four hours. So, okay. But, so you're going to have, have to wait for next time. I hope. Yeah, I think so. I'm I pretty sure I'm playing nice today. To spank. Yeah. I think I'm going to spank Sweet. some booties today and uh, I'm bringing Yay. down as I keep purging stuff. I'm bringing down a bunch of some nice toys. That I, I have to let go of. And so I know there's some people there that are that are going to mm-hmm. have a nice little kinky blessing today and get some good toys. So that's also going to be pretty Aww. good. But it should be pretty fun. I'll have some stuff to uh, talk about that. I did go to a munch uh, last cool. uh, a couple days ago. And I will say it was at the same pool place. But I am mm-hmm. very happy to say that uh, nobody bottomed having to watch because nobody <laughs> played pool. So the horror, uh, the horror was not there. And, uh, and uh, people heard the show and that I was talking shit and they're like, Hey man. And I'm like, bro, you weren't watching. It was, <laughs> it was masochism to fucking watch. You guys suck that bad. That was, mm. that was painful. But fortunately it was just uh, mm. hanging out, talking, and getting ready for uh, the party today and stuff. So that should be pretty good. Sweet. That should be pretty good. Well, at least we know we have listeners there, too. So that's awesome. Yeah, there's a couple listeners, a couple people there that listen to the show. In Los Angeles, mm. there's not as many because there's so much to do. I've talked about this on the show a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's so much to do in Los Angeles. People feel they have a community. And a lot of our listeners are in places where they don't have as much stuff. So right. uh, to all our perverted podcast listeners are out in the middle of nowhere. We feel you. We're here for you. This is pretty much our primary job. But yes, it is nice when somebody local goes, hey, I listened to your dumb show. <laughs> I'm like, really? A human? You, you like me. You really, really like me. I can me. see a face. This is awesome. <laughs> so still hasn't translated into groupies, but, you know, we'll keep working out. News is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up. Let's glory hold the planet right now with Enigma. Yeah! I almost feel guilty, Enigma, because we should have recorded what I was just pre Like, the Perverted Podcast listeners don't know that we kind of practice what we preach, you know, as far as negotiating before a play scene. Uh, and so I kind of think we should have recorded that, but we didn't because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> I didn't hit the button, but I did just negotiate with you that you, that the some of the things I may be saying in this next segment might be a little, you know, me. And, uh, <laughs> and I give you that heads up before we go into that and give you the ability to completely disagree with me and uh, mm-hmm. stand for yourself. So, uh, so that being said, we did, you acknowledge we did have a discussion. We did. Yes. Good. And uh, because 
I think it's important that you and I validate each other's feelings, whether we agree with them or not. And I think that your feelings are valid uh, on this topic that we're going to have fun with, but I'll probably go off in a fucking psychotic rage at some point. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to give you a heads up about that because it's For something. Sure. Yeah, it's something that's real personal to me. But uh, but other than that, fuck all that enigma. I haven't mm-hmm. talked to you on this show in a number of weeks, and that's mm-hmm. bullshit. Pure <laughs> bullshit. Probably my fault because I didn't schedule it correctly, but it's pure bullshit. That's fair. Um, let's see. Uh, as far as kink things, I, I've actually, the last couple of plays, like, uh, I guess, official play sessions I've done, um, I've actually been playing more with Wax. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just have like the, the little, the cheap little wax candles you can get from anywhere. What? Um, so, what? What? I I'm literally staring at two boxes <laughs> that I'm like I have to get rid of it because I'm trying to get everything down to where I could fit in a car and drive away, right. not off a cliff, but just drive away. And there's things that I love. I already gave Lady Solaris the 200 pounds. Of wax, candle making equipment, four paraffin baths, all of that stuff. Like you could be a wax plate god, but I kept for myself like three or four pounds of the good wax mm-hmm. to use, one paraffin bath, and some of the tools. And if you're getting into wax play, bro, do you want it? Uh, sure. Great, done. That's fucking <laughs> another 12 pounds of shit that I. <laughs> Get rid of! I'm excited. That is awesome. So, what have you, you have you just been using like regular dripping candles or? Yeah, it, it's it's uh, you can get the the stick candles from Pleasure Chest, Hollywood Hustler, wherever, whatever sex toy they will probably have some sort of um, the the cheap paraffin type wax. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's been super fun. It was two very. It was uh, one with the partner D, who I've been dating, and that's been progressing and going very well. Very uh, but then also I have another partner who is just kind of a casual play partner and she and I met up and played. And it was, it was interesting, two very different experiences. Um, like my partner has not, um, like they, they were very new to wax. And so it was a whole new sensation for them. And so they were just kind of relishing in this new sensation of wax dripping on their body in different places. And we did it on the back and the front. And it was just all sorts of stuff. Um, and then the, uh, my, the play partner, She's somebody who she has done a lot of wax, but she's more used to like the paraffin and the um, the like the wax, uh, the wax melting. And so you just kind of like scoop the wax on the body like ladling. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, I'm going to yeah, give yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so like the fact that I was using candles, like almost like up to the mind fuckery for her. Sure. She was like w- watching, watching me like turn the candle over and watch the wax drop. And so. Um, yeah, it was it was an added mind fuckery to the to the scene that I was not expecting. But as people who have listened to the show know, uh, I also uh, am totally fine with that. <laughs> that is wonderful, and it is it is true because now you're including fire into it, and then it's hot, and is it going to burn? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, uh, just you know, because I'm an asshole and I have to interject safety things. Yeah, uh, not all paraffin is created equal. Paraffin right. burns at many different temperatures, and the kinds that are used in the candles that you get at the sex store are not always consistent. You still mm-hmm. have to be very careful with them. They're set. If it's a hard candle, it's harder than the the base paraffin that you use, which is the spa wax. 
that will not hold up in a candle. So all if because the temperature means that it'll stand up in hotter temperatures. That's the temperature ratio. So if a right. candle like a dinner candle has to sit in a house during summer and shit like that, and it's a hundred and you know whatever degrees in the house, uh, you know the correct wax that you use in wax plate would literally just flop over. So, um, mm-hmm. so those candles that you get, you have to be careful of. But yeah, the the paraffin one hundred and twenty racks—that's the melting point of one hundred and twenty degrees. I don't know what that is in Celsius. Sorry, UK, get your fucking math calculators out. Um, <laughs> um, that is the correct. That's the one that people use in the spa and dip their hands and elbows and feet in and stuff like that. And it's uh, and that's the wax that I'm going to be giving you because I used to buy it in bulk at a hundred pounds a time. Because I'm crazy like that, and uh, I used to do a lot of wax. I mean, if if you did a lot, like it makes sense that you would. That's you would want to stock up. It's surely. I mean, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. I mean, I remember I was paying for the hundred pounds. I think I was paying like a hundred and sixty bucks for the box, and then like twenty on top of that for shipping. Back when shipping was cheaper, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and if you buy it by the pound on eBay or whatever the spa wax, it can be like four or five bucks a pound. So it surely is. If you're going to do a lot of wax, then then uh, it surely is better to try to buy in bulk as long as you don't get stuck with like candle making wax, like dinner candle, like all of a sudden now you have 100 pounds oh, of yeah. shit that's going to send your partner to the ER. You have to make very, very specific because they don't understand wax play at the candle making warehouse. They They don't. Yeah, you need to tell them it's the stuff we use in the spa for hands and elbows. And they go, okay, that's the 120. Okay, that was a long Mm -hmm. diversion, but wow, man. (laughs) God, I missed. I miss it so much. That is awesome that you had two great reactions to that. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, now I have more experimentation to look forward to. Um, yes. And yeah, so, to, to sidebar and to uh, stay on the the safety train, if you are going to do wax um, or any type of kind of heat play, but um, I uh, after both scenes, I have a whole bottle of aloe oil mm. or aloe cream, and so we, we did like a it was an, it was a nice like you know I get to rub an, a cute girl. Uh, down, but also like making sure that like all the spots that got hit with a lot of wax get that sort of like aftercare um, that that'll help make sure that things don't scar or swell or anything like that. Wonderful, fantastic point. Did you do it? Um, did you like do a little pre-massage oil first, or did you just you just goes on bare skin? Uh, just bare skin, right? Um, and yeah, I, I was I, I'm I'm slightly paranoid of of oils catching fire. Um, and I know that like it, it, it depends on the the oil, but like it's yeah, you're not putting like kerosene on them, Enigma. Well, no, no, and I know, you're but just... like I know, I know, cert- I know, like certain lotions can be like uh, uh, oil based. So like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. The massage oils, even baby oil and stuff like that, it takes a lot of heat to yeah. ignite those. So any of the mas- regular massage oil, baby oil, if you use it, because you're only going to be putting a very small amount. And you're not going to be holding the fire to it, um, right, right? For it to be combustible like that, you'd have to have a really, really high. It's really, really safe to use uh, basic oils, and you're not going to use that much. The idea is that if you put a very thin coat, first off, it's fun to you know rub it all over them, um, <laughs> and then what it does is it creates a little barrier so that it comes off really smoothly. Like if you cover the whole body, you can literally pull up 
an entire like shroud of your partner by yeah and, by, yeah and that was that was one thing with the candles was it was a little difficult because you're, you're just doing it based off drips to get that kind of like shell yeah, of wax. yeah 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 did you use a knife to take it off uh uh yeah i keep a, a butter knife in my in my fire kit so yeah. that um to, to help with that do you blindfold them and then show them a really vicious knife because if they're laying on their back, they're not, yeah. they can't really see. And you're like, you better not move because I'm about to cut this shit off you biatch. And then uh, pick I, up the butter knife and then they get scared. I haven't done that with Fireplay. I have done that in other scenes where I will have uh, one of one of my super sharp knives out. But then I will use like the butter knife or like some sort of like scratch implement. So they think that I'm using the, the sharp knife, but I'm actually not. That's for the awesome. mind fuckery. Yeah. Ah, wonderful. I always depend on you for these joyous mind fuckery stories. <laughs> yes, course. Enigma. Very good. Well, so it sounds like you've been having some fun. That is fantastic. We're now going to go into uh we're going to go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere <laughs> that is wonderful and super horrible uh potential at the same time. And that's what risk-aware consensual kink is all about is that we talk mm-hmm. about these types of kinks and hopefully at the end we're, we have better choices to make and uh, points of view. And then uh, an occasional crazy person goes off on you. So mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and start with uh, with this kink? I will surely do that. So our article this week comes from um, cosmopolitan.com Woo-hoo! and it isn't... Woo-hoo! Um, and it is entitled, What is a Breeding Kink? Um, if you're interested in the article, please go check it out. We're just going to be hitting kind of the bullet points because it is a pretty extensive article. Um, first of all, a breeding kink, it does not mean you actually want to get pregnant, usually. Um, have you gotten a thrill from the idea in the heat of the moment that if you don't pull out or hadn't put on the condom that you might actually get knocked up or knock up a partner? Then you may have a breeding kink. Uh, a breeding kink refers to the intense arousal at the thought of the cum actually doing what cum do. Uh, many are into it because of the risks. Some get into it because of the power dynamics. Some enjoy it simply from a deep intimacy that kind of fluid bonding can create. Now, a breeding kink doesn't have to be with a penis into a vagina. Toys can be used. You can make it a nerdy role play and use an ovipositor or some other dildo Ooh, yeah. that will put something inside of you or your partner. The insertion can be in the ass, and your dynamic role play uh, will be the the same as coming into a womb. Um, and if you want, you can get in. If you want to get into this and still be safe, um, you can use non visible contraception. That's the pill. That's rings, IDs, implants, anything like that. Um, and if breeding is something that you and your people are interested in, make sure to communicate, figure out what interests you, and enjoy responsibly. Oh man, we've never handled this on this show. <laughs> Have I, we not? No, I always say that, you know, because I'm crazy, okay. so I never know what I've talked about with myself for hundreds of hours and gotten all crazy <laughs> over. Or if we talk, Fair. you hear that. That is a tip. For those of you that are listening to Perverted Podcasts that are new to this show, you will always hear me go, I think we talked about this before on the show, because what I don't know is if I'm... I who I, I don't know reality. So, um, but this, I know pretty much for a fact, we have never handled this because it's a, it's a real issue for me. And, uh, the breeding kink. 
So mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna dig into it. I'm gonna try to be as positive as we can uh, about this kink because it is a kink. And uh, I don't want to kink shame anybody, um, but I do uh, in some in some aspects of this kink. Just like with any kink that there that people explore, there are risks, and we want to talk about some some of those things. But as far mm-hmm. as the understanding of the desire for a breeding kink, the I, I mean, you could also call this um, they they call this in the non kink world nature. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's every living organism has a breeding fetish or kink it's part <laughs> of every we are wired every creature from like bugs fish trees cats and us mm-hmm. we all have a strong biological desire some more than others to procreate to continue the species it is how we survive it is how everything survives on this planet there is feed and there is breed and without the breed your species doesn't continue so nature has put in some very strong motivators for you to do that and for us fortunately for humans it's getting super turned on and horny and Mm -hmm. that's what our sexuality is based on we've turned it into fun and play and whatever nature evolved it into us to make us want to fuck each other and that's so the idea that it's something in the kink world that's completely hot is like a no-brainer of course that makes total sense um Mm -hmm. when you know couples in the non-kink world or the kink world um that time after they, you know, develop that strong relationship or they get married or whatever, the having a baby part, if they decide to have children for a lot mm-hmm. of couples, that's like uh, the biggest bonding that they have in that relationship is that time where they got pregnant and they fucked 800,000 times in all times of the day with fucking funny hats on their head and standing up and on a drive, you know, whatever they needed to do to conceive. That's an actual very strong bonding part. So I totally get the idea of that. That's something that turns people on because it's very primal. It's a very primal reaction to want to breed and to want to come inside someone or have that come in you because that equals pregnancy and breeding. So right. I would have you ever done that? Have you ever done a breeding kink? Uh, I I have not as much. I have had partners who were. Um, and so we uh, sort of play around with like the the. I, I guess I, it, it's sort of like the, the conversation of it, but like I, I've never done it in practice. Right. And as a role play, I totally agree. I mean, I'm we, look, we all know I'm not really a fan of kids, <laughs> fan right. of actual breeding, uh, you know, uh, decrease the population, increase the resources. You know, I'm very anti breeding uh, in real life. But if I had a partner that's like, oh, I'm totally into this, like I feel pretty confident that that would be a fun role play. Um, mm-hmm. because I had a vasectomy and I use condoms anyway because of STDs that to all the breeders out there that want to not use condoms. I hope you guys right. have been uh, fluid bonded. Uh, and, and so you don't pick up fucking herpes during your breeding fetish. Uh, <laughs> but so it's not something that I would be opposed to doing. But for me, 
it would be a role play. Right. A complete role play. And so uh, what they acknowledged in this long article, and it is pretty for Cosmopolitan, which is usually pretty cheesy. Yeah. This wasn't a bad article and it did have, uh, you know, it did go into some information. It did not go to the level that I want to go with it, <laughs> which is why we're here uh, now. So uh, one of the things they touched on that a fat chunk of the people who are into breeding kink. Right. It is the actual risk of getting pregnant that is hot for them. Mm-hmm. It is not the role play. They actually get off on the actual fear of I might get pregnant. So they're not using pre- they're not using birth control. They are having someone come inside them or they come inside of someone else. And they are taking the actual risk of getting pregnant. They are they are forgetting the risk mm-hmm. of that pregnancy. In well, they're taking a risk, obviously. Yeah, I was about to say they're they're, they're ignoring the risk. Yeah, the, but they are ignoring all the risks in doing that, and that is where this turns real fucking shit for Count Boogie. Okay, this is the place where. Uh, we're going to uh, invite people to uh, get a little thing of popcorn and start munching on it <laughs> and because uh, some shit's going to get real and I'm I'm going to rant for a bit. And at the end of this rant, uh, I'm going to give you a chance to respond <laughs> to either okay. detract or go along. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's a lot of things that we do in kink that are risky to ourselves. And it's amazing and it's hot and we're living large. Yeah, yeah, good. Hopefully we practice risk-aware consensual kink and we negotiate with our partners and we make a plan to like mitigate all the risks so that we can just Mm -hmm. get back to having the fun. Right? Do you agree? Are we on the same page so far? So far, yes. Okay, good. A breeding kink that is not about role play, that you are willing to actually risk pregnancy, transcends risk-aware consensual kink because the pregnancy would bring a non-consenting human into this if your thrill produces a baby. Right. It is no longer between you and your adult partner. You are now risking a human baby. Right. That wasn't included in your negotiation. Mm -hmm. So now it's time for a little story, Enigma. Okay. It's a little story time. Okay. uh, On this. So I have to control myself because I literally have been coming undone on this topic and not wanting to bring it on the show because I have to check how I feel. Why? Where is this coming from? Um, because I have a lot of fucking hatred for this kink when people are risking pregnancy. Um, now, then one thing, if you're like in a marriage and you're like, oh, let's have this kink and, you know, the risk is pregnancy, but we want the kid. We really want to have a child and we have plans for it and we're going to do blah, 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 blah. So let me tell a story. A little story time. I haven't gone super into it on the show, but uh, everyone kind of knows some of this. I was an unwanted child. I was an accident. I was put up for adoption. 
My biological parents in the late 60s were age 16 and 17. Roe v. Wade didn't happen for five more years. Otherwise, I would not be here. You fucking bastards. Why couldn't that fucking law (laughs) have popped in the mid-60s? But I'm here. Fuck it. Right. So I was then put up for adoption. I've never met my biological parents. And I was put into a house of drunks who quickly found out that raising a special needs kid was not what they dreamed of. And the rest of my childhood was made to feel unwelcomed and unwanted. And it forced me into a survival mode as a kid, which we hear about all the time on the show, that I cannot depend on anyone but myself to depend on anyone else is weakness to me because my entire life I have felt on now some of this is by choice and you know the product of programming stacked on top of itself but being unwanted has caused me to have all sorts of wonderful horrible manifestations in my life because of that Mm-hmm. So what I'm about to say is fueled by hatred for parents that have had kids that they had on accident, mm-hmm. whether it's a broken condom or misused contraceptive or being completely irresponsible with the fact of what it takes to raise a child. Unwanted kids. This is a fact. Unwanted kids. Number one cause of abortion. Think yeah. about that. Think about that. All the people that don't like abortion, unwanted children, number one cause of abortion. A major cause of abuse to children is unwanted children. A right. major contributor to kids growing up and committing crimes because they were not surrounded with love and support and were made to feel unwanted or a burden to them or the society, which developed all sorts of fucking shit like it did in me unwanted kids are at the forefront of those behaviors based on that unwanted programming right unwanted kids are a major cause of adults lacking emotional capabilities to properly raise the kids they do want because they never really dealt with their own fucking abandonment mm-hmm So they say they're better than their shitty parents were to them. But in fact, they're the same. They do the same shit. I see it all the time. Sometimes even worse. Because they were unwanted and and weren't raised by people like, ah, I got your mom pregnant. Now I'm stuck here. Not to mention, let's not even get into the people that just walked away. And those abandoned issues. I didn't want the child, so fuck it. I stuck my dick in her. I fucking came. I walked away because I don't want a fucking kid. I just wanted to stick my dick in a fucking hole and come. And now we're just going to leave this here. And predominantly, historically, there have been moms that have my fucking sister abandoned my fucking nephew. I didn't talk talk much about that either. (laughs) So, uh unwanted kids and abandonment of kids creates a shitty world in my view. Right. So if your selfishness of getting off on a risky kink accidentally produces an unwanted human that you do not plan on raising 
with a life commitment of love and support to that fucking child, I would personally suggest you stop this show right now and go kill yourself before you add another unwanted fucking child into this planet because it's suffering. If you are not convinced that you want to have a child, and even then, that may not work out very well. Right. But if you fucking have a fucking kid because you have some fucking kink, and oh, well, it doesn't work out, whatever. Fuck you. You selfish fucking piece of shit. That's uh that's my rant. That's your rant. I <laughs> it's now my turn. Um no, I I completely understand like the the idea that you know, people who are getting into this and calling it a kink are definitely a big problem. But I I my my argument against that are the people like it's it's how we say how we talk about people who try to do kink um, but actually, it's just abuse. They're just using kink as a disguise for what they what they're really wanting to do. And what you're talking about is either they're manip- manipulating the other person to put a kid in them, or they're uh, they're using the disguise of a breeding kink to have some sort of I don't know power play that's outside of the fetish. Sure. So it's like you know you you have doms who call themselves doms, but they're actually just assholes who want an excuse to hit hit women and and don't really care about the consequences sure and so like i I think from from that perspective i think you can you know separate the two kinds of people there's the people who like the the people that i have played with who are into the breeding kink they're also on the contraceptive pill and they also have a stash of Mm -hmm. condoms and they um some of them even have like the internal condoms so like they can they can feel get that sensation of being fucked and cummed in but like there's the cum's not going anywhere sure sure. um so i think if you're going to get into this kink you need to take a like i i agree that if you're going to get into this kink you need to take a very hard look at um the the potential consequences whether it's kids whether it's stis like you need to make sure that you understand that but that's also how we approach all kinks like we were just talking about wax and how if you're going to be getting into wax play you need to be ready that there might be some burning there might be some scarring that happens because of maybe wax was just a little too hot um and maybe or maybe your skin was a little too dry and so like it, it just it affected your skin in a way that you weren't expecting it's like you have to be ready and like like you said i think at the beginning like you have to be ready uh, be ready for rack and be understand that like there are going to be consequences that um, you may not have expected, but you need to be ready for. Yeah, but once again, like wax play and all of those things, um, Mm -hmm. that doesn't affect, that affects your skin, that affects your possible health and whatever. But when you're talking about a kink, uh, what you're negotiating, because, I mean, pregnancy happens. It's not going to be a fucking grapefruit in nine months that is historically never happened <laughs> in the history of fucking i have never no. seen one case where people have fucked and nine months later they produced a grapefruit out of a vagina that has never happened but for billions that, no. billions and billions of times people have fucked 
and a baby has come out of that hole. So right. I think it's very important to understand because I have there's lovers that I had that I wasn't lovers and then, you know, with for a long time. And then they started talking about the oh, it's so hot. I'm going to go practice my breeding kink with this new guy that you don't even fucking know. You barely even right. know this guy. And pregnancy happens a lot. Condoms break. Contraceptions fail. These this, there is ad nauseum evidence that this happens. Mm-hmm. So to go into this and not understand that the, the no matter how much you prepare, there is a risk for this. When you fuck, there is a risk of pregnancy. And if you approach that with some sort of like fucking whatever, then you're fucking asshole yeah you're an asshole i'm not and and if it happens and you're like okay well here it is you know you better make sure that whoever you're doing this with you don't mind seeing for the rest of that kid's life and yours right i don't know well and well i i think that yeah if you have couples or at least like part of a couple that's into it like that's that's something that that, that's part of the negotiation it's like okay we're gonna do it safely for this length of time but then like when it's when we're actually trying to have a kid like okay now we can actually practice yeah, this and like go crazy get, you yeah or yeah. Like, like 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 you talked about like you know if if you're really into it but you don't want kids one of you can do the surgery that that will make sure that neither of you will have the have a the ultimate child yeah so like um if this is something that is that is important to you if it is a fetish if it is a very important part of your kink and you don't want the the ultimate child after it um that there are ways to to do it if you're but if you're not willing to accept those consequences then you're not participating in a breeding kink you're just kind of an abusive manipulative asshole abuse it yeah or or, you know it can be both sides women do it abusively too yeah. Or people no, are trying I, to get I, pregnant, or yeah, there's just. I'll, well, I mean, th- th- there's a reason I haven't put a gender on it because both sides of it can can use it for for that sure. uh, for that abuse and for that uh, that power that un- non consensual power exchange. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not sorry. I'm not <laughs> sorry that I feel this strongly. I I mean, you look around the world and you just see suffering everywhere i just Mm -hmm. i hang out with homeless people all day and a lot of these people were not wanted they're not wanted and they're miserable and confused and suffering and we're talking to ourselves and and because (laughs) we don't we're you know and I'm not saying yeah. that it's not my responsibility as an adult to deal with my childhood and whatever. Of course it is. And I've dealt with a lot of, believe me, I was a lot crazier 20 years ago, if you can even fucking imagine that. Um, so I have dealt with a lot of this, but man, if you can't have a, at least a moderate accidents happen, you can't de- you're going to fuck accidents happen. But if you mm-hmm. can't have a moderate awareness and respect for the fact that if you're not ready to have a child, if you're not ready to be pregnant or take responsibility for a child that you put inside of a woman, then, uh, then man, you, you have some bigger problems and society is not going to be benefited by your carelessness and your lack of humility towards what it takes to raise 
a healthy fucking human being. Right. And so if I tell you something harsh, um, I'm in the pit, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm screaming from the pit. I'm screaming on behalf of the fucking social outcasts and the unwanted kids and the kids who have abandonment issues and all the issues, issues. We all have issues, but, but, uh, this is a special one and it can be avoided, but a lot of people just, they don't care, mm-hmm. you know? So great topic. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. And, and those people aren't, aren't kinksters. They're just assholes. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not what we hope that we come to, and and uh, I don't know, I don't know if I, I, can't, I did I come off a little harsh? Is that really? I I I think you did, but I I think it's important to it's important to make the distinction between kingster and asshole because like a, a kingster or abuser even like it, it's it's something that I think gets kind of hushed talk about. Yeah, but I I don't know if it it it, it gets talked about as much as it should that line between um, kinkster, consensual kinkster, and asshole. I, I, I don't think that gets talked about as much. I think so. I absolutely, absolutely agree, Enigma. And I'm glad that those are points that you brought up. And I would like to continue. That I don't want to continue this conversation. I just want to be right and then have you all follow what I do. <laughs> and then all the children in the world, our population reduces significantly. So pollution ends and biodiversity increases and we have enough resources so everyone can eat. That's my fucking dreamy fucking bullshit uh, world vision. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, I really do want us to have these conversations and pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. If you would be kind enough to join this conversation and and at least take a responsible look at the choices we make when our genitals are involved and it can be hot. It can be hot. I'm not killing hot, but but this one, it, it includes another human being that's not in the negotiation. Right. Enigma. If people want to send hate mail to Count Boogie, where <laughs> <laughs> where do they go? All the places? Uh, well, they can send it to uh, our Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can send it to Twitter at Perverted Podcast, or they can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. Just search Perverted Podcast. Enigma. Yes, sir. It doesn't mean I don't want you to have a lot of fucky time. Oh, thank you. Okay, I do. I do. I'm right. Just remember, whatever you're shoving in someone, I'm right there with my hands firmly on both of your ass cheeks, just pushing behind you, man. I'm there. I'm like, bro, get in there. I'm there. I'm your. I'm your ass squeezing, fucking fuck supporter. I. I. I didn't. I don't think I need your bro finger, uh, Boogie, but... Um, I'm but not slipping one in your ass. I mean, you, <laughs> you got that prostate thing. That's for her to handle. We have a line. I will sh- push your ass cheeks as a okay, bro. Okay. But uh, okay. the prostate stuff, that's you. That's between you and the chick or get a toy or something. And don't fart in my face when I'm pushing your ass while you fuck, because that's just damn rude. Mm-hmm. I think everyone in the storage units uh, around us is listening because mm-hmm. there's like five other people here and I'm pretty sure that uh, I hear doors shutting and cars starting and driving away. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, what am I hearing? 
Ah, I love you, Enigma. Go get laid. Okay, we'll do. I love you. <laughs> Bye. Suck on my man nipples. You're gonna get an earful. Coast topics better than sodomizing a werewolf. <laughs> Path girl. Yes, Boogie. I am excited. I know. Our I listeners know. came through again two times in a row. Yes. Oh. The second time. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to jinx it. I don't want to whatever. We have a FetLife group. If you're not on it, go to Perverted Podcast on FetLife and sign up to our page and join this group and get active yes, in please. the conversations. But for years... I have put up posts and tried to get things going and whatever. Maybe one or two people. Not enough to do a segment. Right. But today. Today, they jumped on board in a way. I'm just going to read the thing that I wrote a little thing because now it's a host topic. So we'll do it. There are many types of rejection from love to career to social group to friends to abandoning parents to bank loans and credit. Rejection is a part of life, and many of us struggle with how to deal with it. Is there a balance, or does there need to be? Is it about understanding the other person's reason for rejecting you? Or, in my opinion, is it all about the power exchange you grant someone to diminish the value you have for yourself? Because in most cases, you will never get to an authentic answer for why you were rejected. It will never be more than a skirted truth or a ghosting. There are many paths to enlightenment and survival on how to deal with being rejected. And today, our glorious perverted podcast listeners have really stepped up with a wonderfully wide range of ways to help you get through it. So all I posted was basically, how do you deal with rejection? Now, a lot of people gave some really long answers and some amazing vulnerable stories which is like oh my god that is i i always admire that because we try to do that ourselves but that's us i'm crazy so i don't care but um for basic strangers to come on and really share some of their pain and things they struggled with i thought was really brave and really cool and i'm excited i learned things that i didn't know because of what our listeners said and that is why i'm so excited so i'm going to go down and then we'll give a little our thoughts on each one of these so I butchered yeah. them. If you want the whole thing, go to our join fe- the group. Go to go join the group yeah. and uh, go see uh, this conversation on rejection. It's still open, by the way. Enigma, because we love Enigma. Just talked to him. We love Enigma. Poor Enigma. I terrified him in the last segment. Oh God! But he said, "What I try to tell myself is there's a whole host of reasons why I was rejected that I may never know." If it's in a relationship, maybe they had an ex with the same name or someone with a similar background that gave them a lot of trauma. They have yet to process in a way that would let them look past it. You know, I don't know what the other person's experience have been. Now, all that being said, does rejection still suck? Of course. Fuck, it does. But I have people in my circle that are supportive and will be there for me. Yes. Yes, that that is the first thing. I mean, rejection, like like he said, is completely sucks. It is so helpful with rejections. Number one, have that community or have that group of friends around you that can turn around and go, it's their fucking problem that they rejected you. But I, I really, it kind of 
struck a chord with me when Enigma said that, you know, maybe they had an ex the same name. Yes. Um, I'm to the point that I had an ex, my ex Polly par- Polly husband's name was Alex in real life. Um, then I wound up trying to date another Alex in real life. And then there was a whole shit ton of stuff with that, that he was cheating with his girlfriend with me. So I absolutely flat out refuse to date anybody in real life that has the name of Alex because (laughs) I, nope, nope, nope. Every Alex I've been with has been fucked up. But on the, like Enigma said, it's just, you don't know what's in that other person's head. So why try to get in there? Because you're never going to get the true answer. I absolutely agree. I think this is wonderful to understand this whole segment that we're going to do. My focus is about focusing on yourself and how you deal with it. But for the sake of discussing the entire topic, you I love what Enigma said because you have no idea. I've done the name thing, too, where I had someone that I dated that had the same name as my toxic fucking ex-sister. And uh, like the exact same name, spelling everything. And I'm like, okay. And it's something you have to get through because it is a constant reminder. And you don't know they wear the same clothes, the same cologne. It could be something really petty and shallow. But people, Mm -hmm. if they're not ready to deal with those traumas, like Enigma said, um, or those issues, then it makes perfect sense that they're like, this this doesn't make me feel sexy or levy. So why not just right. go find somebody that's a cleaner safe? This is a baggage. This is a baggage statement, and I think it it it's absolutely valid. Jellybean seventeen, glorious jellybean. Once I got the right meds and a lot of therapy under my belt, I cried and fed fed the negative thoughts. Felt I think it's maybe felt felt the negative thoughts and withdrew for a few days. Then spoke to friends who stuck around despite the previous decade who remind me of my positive aspects. And then I put in the work and journaled lots and identified the faulty thinking patterns and focused on what I could do well. So uh, another fantastic where you have to remind yourself, because we do that a lot. You know, we're very prone and maybe this is just our victim-y, you know, programming to give ourselves attention or to get ourselves to feel a certain way or whatever that it's like, okay, maybe there's one or two bad things about you, but I bet if you really made a list, you could probably find a list of many things that are actually good qualities about you. But the second someone rejects us, we just focus on those one or two qualities that we think it may be. And then basically devalue ourselves into a pile of shit. Yeah, I I I Jellybean, thank you for getting so vulnerable about this with talking about the meds and therapy. I've pretty much gone through the same thing and Boogie'll know, you know, in our conversations off the show where it's just like I went through this vicious cycle of like seeking acceptance from other people and probably because of all these negative feelings that I had about myself. I was attracting the wrong people. I was pretty much inviting that negativity into my life and the rejection into my life. And it was people like you and my, my kinky tribe and all my other friends that were reminding me, you deserve better than this. And talking with my therapist, journaling, and every once in a while medication got me into more of that positive headspace. So I started attracting the more positive people and reminding myself of there's always going to be fucktards out there that are going to try to bring me down. And those positive people are out there. So 
sometimes it takes a little work on yourself to attract the people who aren't going to reject you. Oh yeah. I'm, we're just definitely, I'm going to get to that on, uh, on one of the other persons said something very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, great point. Great point. Um, once again, go there. I butchered a lot of these cause some of them wrote a lot of stuff and I, yeah. you know, I did, couldn't put all of it. They're amazing responses. This yeah. one I really enjoyed this one. I was like, Oh yeah. Jekyll and Dom who I love already. I notice the feeling. I sit with it. I feel it. I identify if I can, which old version of me, the eight year old, the 13 year old, the 16 year old is scared of not being accepted, not being enough and fear of being abandoned and rejected. And I imagine myself stepping in front of that child and saying that it's okay. You don't have to deal with that. You're safe. And I got this. Then it might be helpful to spend some time with someone where you feel like you belong. Please don't judge the feeling. It's like shouting at the younger you, scolding them for not being adults. Also, if you can, which I don't know, thank the person who rejected you, whatever that truly means, for taking care of themselves. Yeah, just just mic mic drop. Absolutely, Jekyll and Dom just fucking nailed it. You you know, sometimes when you have people that reject you. You may think it's for a negative thing against you. It may be something that's self-preservation for them. It may just be like you've even said times that like you don't want a relationship right now because you can't give things to people. It's you're, you're preserving yourself first. So sometimes rejection may have absolutely nothing to do with you. And especially reminding yourself of when somebody rejects you, you automatically may re- regress into that moment in your childhood or that moment in your early adulthood where it's like you felt so freaking vulnerable telling yourself that it's okay is so important and then reminding yourself of it's it's what belongs now and what happened not what happened in the past yeah this is um this is reparenting this is this is a big this is like a big deal for me i went through a lot of therapy and then of course uh there was a big book i forget the guy's name uh, that, uh, talks about reparenting your inner child, um, because you know, your parents aren't there to val. I'm not going to get into reparenting, but it's this type of thing that there are programs in you from each ones of those age, just like Jekyll and Dom Mm -hmm. talked about. And those have their own built in fears. This is like cognitive behavioral therapy also, where there's core beliefs that have been set in place at different times in your life during different things and different levels of insecurity and your job as the adult, because now you are an adult is to reach back to those voices and say, Hey, I know there's a part of you in there that's scared and innocent. And, and it's kind of accepting that. And I know it sounds stupid and lame, but there is an inner child. We never actually yeah. grew up. We're all still innocent. We all still like to play and be goofy and do things. It's just, you know, now we have adult toys and cars and competition. But some of that innocent part of us is still there, and it kind of needs to be protected because it's stupid. 
It doesn't understand how to deal with feelings like this. So if as the adult part of your mind, you can go to those voices and say, hey, you guys go ahead and be creative and enjoy concerts and and sports and whatever. We'll handle the adult stuff. And that gives you permission to not need anybody but you. You don't need to be validated by why the person rejected you or whether it's about you or it's not about you. You don't need to under, you don't need anyone's permission to accept yourself for any reason you get to do it. And that's why reparenting to me is a really big deal because all the bullshit stops. I don't, I'm not reliant on anyone else to fix me. I can do it. I have the tools. Right. And that's, that is a hard, a lot of hard work to come to that mindset. You know, there's so much work you have to put in there where it's just basically to stop and say, no, I'm enough. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of work. If you make it a lot of work, it's actually just a point of view change. Well, uh, yeah, so for someone like me, it's been to a lot get of work. to that. I mean, you yeah. have to unpack yeah. a lot of things. But when you get oh, to that yeah. moment where you look at yourself in the mirror, you just go, oh, I don't have to do this. Right. If I can change this point of view and say, I don't have to feel this way, I can take back my power for myself right now. Just do it. I can just literally, yeah. this is now mine. It's simple. It may be hard to get to that place. But the idea is actually very, very simple. Fantastic point. I'm really just uh, amazed that that he made a great point like that. I'm so excited. I'm all, can you guys? I just want to write posts from now on. (laughs) Let the (laughs) listeners handle the fucking show for a while. But then we get on to, I don't know, this... uh, this is somebody I don't even know if she's ever listened to the show. I think mm-hmm. uh, her and I talked some shit about some other post and then maybe she, you know, checked out who I was or whatever and found this or something. But I don't think she listened to the show, but I'm pretty sure this is. I'm just I don't want to judge. You know, it's like you're the parent. You're like, right. I don't want to say who wrote the best comment, but I think <laughs> this person um probably gets the wisest of all the comments this is from the fuck doll every guy that doesn't like me is gay (laughs) he may be deep in the closet he may continue dating beards but he's gay for sure and that's no one's fault we just are who we are and i accept that he's gay (laughs) Maybe just a tad bit of snark there, but you know what? <laughs> you have to laugh at people who reject you because you could be looking like Jennifer Aniston and somebody's going to come along and reject you and be like, what the fuck? I'm a complete 10. Someone rejects you. Fuck them. Somebody rejects me. Fuck them. I'm fucking hot. I'm fucking path girl. It's your fucking problem. Okay. <laughs> you see, we poke, we punched down to something here, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> I'm just making the curly lip now. Hmm. Hmm. What about that, Phoebe? Hmm. Sorry. So old. The only good sex dream I ever had was with Jennifer Aniston. 
Oh, we'll have to, we'll have to do that as a celebrity. Yeah. Uh, no, I did uh, it before. Crush. I mean, because usually oh, okay. when I fuck women in dreams, I wake up or I just, I, they, as shit goes weird or like they fall in half and now I'm fucking half a person. It's weird. Oh, uh, just, oh, oh, like God. weird. Just everything's weird. Jennifer got yeah. on top mm-hmm. and it was very romantic and she came and then we cuddled and kissed and it was Aww. super sweet. And I just want Jennifer to know that uh, you're Call welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Lively Olivia. Yes. This one's good. This one's mm-hmm. this one's the one that everyone hates. And uh, it's my favorite one. It helps to remind myself that more often than not, it's nothing personal. And if it is personal then I can try to ascertain the situation and see if there's a lesson I can learn from the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to cut through all this fucking hype and no, it's not about you. You know what? It is. They rejected you. So whether or not it's their head trip or whatever, sometimes it is specifically about you. Sometimes you're fucking crazy, Boogie. What? <laughs> what? Ooh, what? Sometimes you're not attractive, Boogie. And Pascal. Sometimes you are the thing they rejected. Maybe you have personality flaws. Maybe you're overbearing. Maybe you're this. Maybe you're, you know, have some issues with anger, Boogie. Maybe it is about you. Right. And that's okay if it is, isn't it? Because that gives you a chance to take a look at it instead of making up a bunch of this ain't about me, fuck them. And I understand what I'm not, you know, we all do that because ultimately you have to have some confidence and fuck them. If they don't want me, they lose. I get that. But a lot of times we do that so much that we don't ever take a look at ourselves and then we don't ever find out why we're repeatedly getting rejected in all of these areas of our life, not just relationships. Maybe it really is about us and it's good to have an honest talk. How do I communicate with people? How do I present myself? Am I taking care of myself? Am I fucking bathing and taking care of my hygiene? Like go down the list of what you feel a presentable person would be to you and then see if you're putting in that same work. And if you're not, well, maybe you have some work to do or just accept that you're going to get rejected a lot until you find someone with a, you know, low bar and a deviated septum. (laughs) That's very specific. Well, you know, (laughs) But it's it's good that she said that it's it's always good to kind of take a step back from the minute and go, okay, what happened here? It's it's almost like doing a postmortem where it's like, what happened here? Is there anything I could change about it? And there may be a point where you, you did everything right on your end, or at least you think you did everything right on your end, and then it falls on them. Or like you said, you could take a step back and say, all right, maybe I shouldn't have done this, and maybe I'll try not to do that next time. It's right. always good to kind of step back from it and just – Take a quick look. I mean, it may just be that, yeah, I did nothing wrong and just move on. But 
could always grow from the experience. Absolutely. So. Okay, we got a few more of these. We're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit here. Long-term dong. Long-term dong? That's a long-term dong he's got there. Long-term. Long. Oh, fuck me. We can't always get our way. Cake and eat it. And uh, when my sub and I do demos at the swing club, there are sometimes no one is interested and we can't force them to do a flogging, spanking, etc. But we're spending quality time together and we're doing community outreach and that's not going to spoil our evening out. So they had a second plan. They prepared for potential rejection, which I think is very important because rejection can happen. So make a plan B. If you don't get what you want, then what can you do? Like I used to tell people when they go on online dates, when online dating used to be big and you'd drive three, five hours to go meet someone, make a plan B in case they turn into an idiot or there's no chemistry. Maybe see a movie or take yourself to dinner or find a cool ice cream shop or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're already out. Like, you know, if you go to meet somebody and they reject you. You're already out. Go go have some fun. I mean, go take care of yourself. A little self-care is always good. Find a sex store. Go buy a, Ooh, go yeah, buy yourself a, a fleshlight or a sex toy. Ooh, yeah. Squid pie. Yay. Who I've been in love with for a long time. <laughs> Dealing with any this is great. Dealing with any uncomfortable emotion, I first imagine my rotting corpse at the stage of no flesh and barely any hair in my coffin deep below the ground, and then I zoom out and imagine a ton of other bodies in the same around me. This puts things into perspective for me once I realize we will all be dead one day, and my embarrassing moments will die along with them. I think Squid Pie and I need to be buddies. I knew this was this was a yeah, this was I, your... I read this and I was like Wow. I'm like, oh, somebody appreciates dead things like I do. Yay. But but she does have a really good point. It's just basically everyone has embarrassing moments yeah. of something really minor to something absolutely heinous that may be on like the internet or all over your school or whatever. But in the scope of things, it really doesn't matter. It's the human experience and just keep moving forward. And you're going to, no matter, you could take every precaution in the world and someone's going to reject you. And fuck them. It's life. Yeah. Roll with it. There is a guaranteed expiration date on every pain and suffering you've ever experienced in life. Yeah. It may be when you die. But in general, time will pass and feelings do subside. You have to look at your bigger picture to see that this hurts now. It's this too shall pass. Very, very great yeah. post. Macabre. Very macabre, but I would yes. expect nothing less from Squib Pie, who I am in love mm. with and have been for many years. <laughs> My favorite name in the world, Lamapotamus. I love this name. Fucking Lamapotamus. <laughs> awesome you just got to love Lamapotamus. <laughs> this, is, this is some deep shit. Good job. Mm-hmm. Anytime you get rejected is a hypothetical situation that didn't materialize. It could have happened, but it didn't for whatever reason. The more you dwell on your hypotheticals, the less time you spend in reality. Yes. It's like the short, seventh, sweet, seventh so mic powerful. drop of this fucking yeah. uh, 
fucking thing that if this is about your expectation, you are butthurt because you had an expectation, which is okay. We all have expectations. But the more you focus on those expectations, the more likely you are to find some level of disappointment. You could go down the road of the what ifs and or I should have where I should have done this. I should have done that. Stop. Full stop right there. Like she said. Stop with the hypotheticals because you're never going to get the answer. You're never going to say, an F, uh, you know, especially it was this that caused that person to reject me. You're never going to get that answer. And if you're going to spin around in your head and it's going to drive you crazy if you try to. Yeah. Where you are right now is with you. You have the control over you to kind of deal with this and walk through this. But the first thing you do is dismantle that hypothetical. It's not going to happen. Yes. Move on. Let let yeah. another fantasy that is has a potential be the one that leads you. Does that make sense? It's like, yes, hey, this no, this does. didn't work out. So, OK, plan yeah. B. What's the next dream? What's the next thing I'm going to work yeah. on? You know, don't dwell on it. Jesus fucking Christ. Exactly. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Of course, Paddle Bob. Paddle Bob I coming paddle in strong Bob. with denial here. I'm just going to say I love Paddle Bob and I get what he's saying. On many occasions, I have been rejected. I've learned that it seems to be an inevitability of my life. It has become an expectation almost. He's beating himself up. Don't do that, Battle Boy. We love you. Bordering on self-fulfilling prophecy. So when it happens, I put it in a box, tape it up with rape tape until it's sealed type, and then put it in the cellar with all the other boxes and never think of it again. Not sure. That is dealing with it or avoidance. However, it works for me. Yes, Battle Bob, that is avoidance. But you know what? The end quote here that counts is however works for me. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I hate you're beating yourself up, Paddle Bob. We love you. And it's just he may not be at the point or it may have just happened so many times that like you said, like you said, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's just, I'm automatically putting myself out there for failure. Sure. And I understand that feeling and deal. So and, unless some people never get to the point where they can do the work and to, to accept themselves. But I think if he were to take a step back and realize all the wonderful good things he has in his life, maybe that'll, you know, make him forget about all the stuff that's down in the basement. If you know I mean? he needs to, because not all True. fears need to be addressed. He does have a partner and he does have good things in his life. And he does have mm -hmm. some things that he does enjoy. Do you need to go out and face those fears to get new partners and new this and new that? If it comes to the point to where your life is miserable and whatever you've been through is holding you back from finding at least some good moments, there is no competition on what your happiness is. Some mm -hmm. To get to some of that stuff. To get to the point to where you may not be rejected may take so much pain and work and unveiling of all these pains and sufferings. You know what? It may not be fucking worth it. Yeah. Just find some good moments. Yeah. So I don't want us to get through this segment and think that you have to deal with anything. You just have to survive and try to be happy as best you can. Yeah. But when things are holding you back to a point to where you're not happy and you can't find happy moments, then the only way to get there may be to face some of this shit. Right. And that's just the way it is. 
But it doesn't mean you have to. If you're good, hey, I got my one chick. We spank. We have a great time. You know, I eat fish and chips. I the whole fucking joke between Paddle Bob. Yeah. Um, you know, we live the dream. It's not a competition. We have one more. Yeah. And it was a long one, so I just literally took out a couple pieces. The Tao of Me are uh, are uh, anal fan of man anal analness. Uh-huh. Uh, the more I was rejected, the more I became desperate and the more desperate I became, the more I was rejected. I ended up getting out of this cycle by just one day thinking, fuck this. I'm miserable. I'm done. I'll be happy just being alone. And somehow within a couple months from that moment, I ended up dating five different women and one of them became his wife. There you go. Desperation is not attractive. No. Projecting desperation. You can feel desperate, but you have to learn how to not project that desperation. Obviously, if you're not times, desperate, then then you <laughs> have to fake it. How many it. times have you told me in our off-show comments that desperate doesn't look pretty on you? And it's it doesn't. Just, it's, it's so hard to not project that desperate. And you would tell me point blank. You're being desperate right now. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm being fucking delusional. Just like I'm so desperate to get a partner. And it's just like, take a step back. And and, and it's just sometimes you find stuff when you're not looking for it. And you say, fuck it. I'm taking a break for a while. And then three partners walk through the door. And it's like, what what the fuck happened? Yeah, because you, you actually have good qualities and good characteristics. But you're so overwhelming. It's just you can feel it. Yeah. You can feel it in the first fucking conversations because they're trying to close a fucking deal that should yes. take two, three years to fucking close. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, ah, and they have this agenda. And I'm like, I'm not even, I don't even exist here. You don't want me. You don't even fucking know me. You just want right. to fucking get your fucking checklist filled. Here's my boyfriend. Here's my wife. Here's my this. And it's just like, it's great. It's gross. It's not attractive. So, yeah, wow. the day you can walk away with it and let people know, you know what? If I'm lonely, if I'm alone for the rest of my life, I can be good company. I'll get a fucking stuffed yeah. cat. I'm not going to get a real cat because fuck pets. But I'll, I'll get a stuffed cat hey! and fucking talk to it every day. Yeah. I, I, I can, I'll be you, okay. I've told you many times, like when I was single, I was like, I just don't want to die alone being a cat lady. And you're like. What's wrong with being, not like what's wrong with being a cat lady, but like you even said to me, what's wrong with being alone? Yeah. It's okay to be alone. It's okay to be by yourself as long as you're finding things to bring a little bit of joy into your life. Yes, you may be quote unquote missing something, but there are so many other things in your life that you have that you could cherish, that you can value and put the work into. And when you do that, surprise, surprise, you become attractive to other people. Because people don't like desperate. Yes. People don't like that they're they're part of your fucking checklist. Yeah. So be okay with being alone for a little while. And then lo and behold, it's a great segment. Could have gone on for fucking hours. Could have gone on for hours. Thank you so much to our Perverted Podcast listeners who literally just, I learned so many things about myself. There were so many things that when I deal with rejection, that I now have so many more tools because we have heard all these other opinions. 
pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Please, we want to hear from you. It makes it very exciting to do this because then we get to learn as well, too. That is the end of show 379. Thank you for joining us. If you have questions, comments, or topics that you'd love for us to cover, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on TikTok or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, there is both a group and a page. Please go to that group discussion. It was really, really good. There's a lot of stuff we left out. Go there and read it. You could support us for free by hitting the like or subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. It really does help us get promoted on the podcast platforms and help other kinksters like you find us. And if you'd like to do a little bit more to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and sign up for our five bucks if you give a fuck level to get our shows a few days early. Get a lots behind the scenes stuff and our half a pee pee episodes. We've gotten a couple under our belt. We got another one coming up soon. That's going to be really cool. And of course, love and smushy kisses to all of our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. Kisses and love. Fantastic yeah. show. Thank you so much to Enigma for tolerating my insanity and uh, a lot of fun. I don't get a thank you for tolerating your insanity on a day. No, I sang you a song. <laughs> Enigma got, gets no songs. Enigma never oh, okay. gets uh, songs okay. inspired by him. Okay, I win. Yay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> here, speaking of crappy songs that I write, here's another weird one. I don't know. I like the song. It's weird. It's an electronic song, but uh, whatever. I keep putting songs up because that's what I do. We will see you next time for episode 380. And until then.
as a fish I'd find a place to swim around My curse is that I'm curious And fish can't really kiss So I crawled up on the bank And now I'm choking on the ground the blessed one. 